This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepy pastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents The 31 Days of Horror Day 32 Come on. Seriously? You didn't get enough of this for the last month. You really need more? Well, as long as I have your attention, I wanted to say a few things. First of all, I'm extremely happy to announce that Creepy's now part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Yes, THE Bloody Disgusting. The best source for horror news on the internet. Second, I'm proud to say that Creepy has an official sound designer and Steve Blizzon at the Drift and Ramble Podcast. Say hi, Steve. Hey there. Thanks, John. As a longtime fan of your work, it's really an honor to get to work with you, so thanks for the opportunity. You've already been enjoying Steve's work this last month with stories like The Elevator Ritual, Tulpa, Eleven Miles, and many more. Thanks to him, no one's going to have to endure the true horror of what I do with sound design. It also needs to be said that the 31 Days of Horror wouldn't have been possible at all without the help of a lot of people. Not only you, the listeners, who I'm so grateful for, but also the writers who sent in their work and the unsung heroes, the guest sound designers. Pacific Obadiah of the Late Clarity Podcast, Vin Ernst, Michaela Lamantia, Danilo Bettistini, Thoreau Smiley, Emery Rockenfeld, the incomparable John Ballantine of Campfire Radio Theater, Austin Beach of the Winnebago Warrior, The Tale of John Wayneby, Jesse, the man of far more vocal range than me, Owen McCune, Rick Coase, the creator of the Behemoth, Scotch, Inhale, and so many more amazing podcasts, and of course Paul Sading of Fate Crafter Studios, creator of Atheist Apocalypse, Subject Found, and Diary of a Madman. Finally, your support means the world to this podcast. Please consider becoming a donor at patreon.com slash creepypod. Donors get early access to new stories, podcast sway, commercial-free episodes, and stories that will never appear in the normal feed. Your donations ensure the creepy keeps coming. If you're looking to support the podcast and want some gear, please check out cottonbureau.com slash product slash creepypod, or follow the link in the show notes for the new official Creepy Podcast t-shirts and hoodies. These shirts will only be available for a limited time, so order yours now. And when they're gone, they're gone. If you want to support the podcast but can't afford to donate, please take a few moments to go to iTunes and leave a review. Five-star reviews are the best way for the podcast to stay visible to more listeners. Okay, are all the people who immediately turned off the episode because I was taking time to thank important people gone? Good. I'm a firm believer in tapering off. So as a bonus for all you creeps out there, I'll give you a little hair of the smile dog that bit you. Happy Puppet Syndrome. It was simple. We thought. Take a few chromosomes, slice them up, put them over there, and hey, 
perfect human being. I'm still not sure what went wrong. Maybe miscalculation? A misprocedure? Or maybe something beyond our control? Who knows? We, a few of my psychologist colleagues and I, were intrigued by human emotion. Anger, despair, euphoria. Was it possible to lock the mind into one emotion? To lock it into a euphoric state so that no sadness or anger would cloud its thoughts? Theoretically, yes. I won't describe the procedures of our experiments to you, both because I wouldn't want you to repeat them, but I also fear I will go mad if I have to recount them. The terrible things we did. We were ambitious, youthful. Nothing could stop us, and no one could tell us we were wrong. All I will tell you is that we got a hold of a few stem cells, nurtured them into fetuses, and tampered ever so slightly with genetics. The experiment was called the Angel Man Project, and the goal was to create a being which felt only happiness. But something went wrong. Terribly wrong. Half of the test subjects died unexpectedly, without warning and without cause. The remaining half were mostly born hideously distorted. Three were born well. Perfect, we thought. A human with mental capabilities beyond any other due to its locked euphoric state. They were perfectly normal up to 18 months. That's when the first symptoms appeared. Lack of balance, trouble sleeping and eating, low responsiveness. We all panicked on the inside, of course, but on the outside we remained calm and continued the project. We should have ended there. We should have taken those damn subjects and euthanized them and burned them and closed the lab. But we continued. Things only got worse. The subjects' movements became increasingly sporadic, and they still could not utter words. Although they could laugh. And did so often. Much too often. Not happy laughter, but quiet, almost nervous laughing. Nearly constant. No matter how much pain was inflicted on the subject, it merely stared at you and laughed. As if it were mocking you, calling your attempts to harm it futile. We expected the subjects to have extra learning capabilities. Quite the opposite occurred. Their mental development was severely delayed. They couldn't pay attention to something for more than a few minutes before lapsing into a laughing fit. But we continued, hoping that these symptoms would clear up as the children got older. We gave a name to these symptoms. Happy Puppet Syndrome, because the mindless movements of the children made it seem like they were puppets on strings. Five years into the project, we realized there was no hope. We could no longer stand the incessant laughing of these children, as if they knew something we didn't, as if some kind of joke passed between them. To look at a child and see it twitch sporadically and laugh excessively is a haunting thing. Two of my colleagues had already quit because they could not stand it. I never heard from them afterwards. 
they are most likely dead. The children had not talked for five years, only laughed their damned laugh. We went in to give them breakfast, and they stared at us with their huge eyes, twitching, giggling, saying nothing. We laid the meal in front of them and left. The meal was laced with toxins that would silently and painlessly kill the subjects. It was a painful thing to do, but it had to be done. However, it would not be that easy. As a friend of mine set a tray of food down in front of one of the boys, the laughing stopped. The boy looked up at my friend, his eyes suddenly dark, dead serious, the laughing gone. They continued to stare at him and twitch for a while. My friend was in shock and would not move. My colleagues and I stood with pen and notepad ready to take notes. Suddenly, my friend fell to his knees, grasping his head and yelling furiously. He appeared to be in tremendous pain. My colleagues and I were so surprised by this we could do nothing but sit and watch. My friend collapsed to the floor, yelling curses. He jerked violently a few times, and then went limp. I held back the urge to be sick, more successfully than a few of my colleagues. Something about this was not normal. A dark presence seemed to tower over us. We immediately sealed the entrance. The boy stopped, looked at the door, and laughed. He fell to the floor, twitching and rolling about, laughing insanely. The two others did the same. After a few minutes, the fit ceased, and they stood up, still twitching, still giggling. The lights went out. I heard crashes, glass shattering, screams. The most terrifying thing of all were the haunting whispers coupled with the quiet laughing. When the lights went back on, the subjects were gone. Two of my colleagues lay unconscious beside me. Their bodies twisted at odd angles. Blood trickled from their drooping mouths. At first, they appeared to be dead. They showed no vital signs. But as I leaned in, I could hear them laughing, ever so slightly. I went over to examine my friend. No pulse, no breathing. But he continued to laugh quietly. Although the subjects had gone, I still felt as if something were watching me. Something that was just at the edge of my vision, but I would never be able to see. Me and one remaining colleague closed everything down immediately. Before leaving, we destroyed our research and locked and barricaded the lab. I lost communication with my colleagues. I presume they're dead. I still feel like I'm watched. I still hear the laughing, the whispering, in my dreams and sometimes when I'm awake. When I do, I run.
I get up and I leave wherever I am. I'm not able to stay in the same place for more than a few days because of this. It spread. Other children were seen with similar symptoms. I have no idea how it spread. It shouldn't be something that spreads. Somebody somewhere made up something about a disjunction of the 15th chromosome, and that kept the people happy and in the dark. For now. So far the spawn are not dangerous. But I know the originals still lurk somewhere. I know they're coming for me. I know they'll find me. I accept this. It's what I get for attempting to tamper with nature. I leave this here as a warning. They're coming for you, too. They're coming for all of us. If ever you hear whispering, laughing, at the edge of your hearing, run. If you ever feel as if something stands right at the edge of your sight but you cannot look at it, run. Also, I warn you this. 1. Do not tamper with what is not yours. 2. Even angels can be demons in disguise. And 3. Do not come for me. I'm as good as dead. The preceding manuscript was found in an abandoned and hidden laboratory discovered deep in an Alaskan forest. The laboratory consisted of an observation room and a containment room. The containment room was barricaded and locked, and the entire lab seemed to have caught fire at one point. Traces of blood were found after the containment room was breached and a window was shattered. The exact nature of this lab is yet undiscovered. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing Do you remember your name? Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update.
They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.